to The Pantry Party, season two, episode 12, our final episode of the season. I'm here um, with my co-host, Eliza, and I'm Bran, because I didn't introduce myself. We're, we're just saying that we're really bad at intros and outros, and I think I've really, really hammered that one We need home. to get better. Um, if anyone... <laughs> If anyone has any hot tips for intro or outro recording, please send us a message. We are absolutely useless at it. Yeah. Um, I think it's because <laughs> it feels so unnatural and awkward because it's not like we're just like starting the conversation here. Like we've been chatting for like 20 minutes already. So yeah, um, exactly. Anyway. We're not hiding anything. <laughs> what's, what's in store for us today, Bran? Today, we thought we would just chill on the career stuff. Um, well, explicit career stuff, I guess. And... Just do a mid-season catch-up, or end-of-season catch-up, I guess, on um, all our what's-in-season bits and sort of what's been going on. We might start off talking about um, what our plans are for the future in terms of the podcast, not just life. Um, and yeah, so we'll just see where this next hour takes us. Yeah, who knows? So... Um, buckle your seatbelts, <laughs> get ready for the, the roller coaster that's going to be today's episode because we are both a bit um, mentally compromised. I think <laughs> I think we're just both a bit spaced out today, but yeah, we'll be all right. We'll get through it. Um, um, so yeah, I guess um, you know we were just talking before we started recording about how far we've come in terms of the pantry party and what the last like year or so has been like for us because. You know, as you were saying before, Bran, this time last year, we hadn't even launched season one. And, you know, it's been a big year for both of us and for the pantry party. And I think, you know, sometimes we forget to, I mean, as much as we talk about it, sometimes it's it's easy to forget to reflect and look back on how far you've come and get, you know, caught up in where you're going to and what you're focusing on in the moment. But... I think it's a really good opportunity as we're wrapping up this season to kind of take a look back over the last year or so of our lives and of the pantry party and all of the amazing things that have happened and that we've done. Um, but yeah, it's just like a nice, nice opportunity to, to reflect a little bit. For sure. Um, and like you said, I think this... I was sort of thinking about it earlier today that this the podcast kind of not what well, it hasn't gone the way that we thought it would, which is most things in life. But I think we're both very planny kind of people, um, and in the way in terms of how this season's gone, especially um, the fact that we've only had one guest compared to last season where we had ten, eleven, ten. It was ten in the end. Yeah, um, it's. I mean, one really great guest, don't get me wrong. I think it's been almost nice being able to share our perspective and experiences a little bit as well, because I guess that's where this came from. We talk a bit about it in the last episode that we wanted to share that kind of peer-to-peer stuff, um, those little nuggets that you don't really get from formal education. So I think it's been nice to kind of really hone in on that aspect of of why we started this podcast, I guess. Um yeah, so yeah. I think in terms of the next steps, I kind of threw that one in there, but I feel <laughs> feel like we don't really know, to be honest. Um, we're kind of just playing it by ear. We've got a few exciting visual things coming, um, <laughs> and that's all I'm gonna gonna say. Just dropping a little teaser, um, and that will should be in your in your in your eyeballs. That's weird. Uh, we're not doing that again. Um, you should be able to see that stuff soon. <laughs> yeah. So I guess, um, you know, I think one of the the downfalls of a lot of, like, you know, our generation and our industry and what you and I have done in the past is that we try and, like, put ourselves into neat little boxes of, like, who we are and what we do and this is our identity and this is, like you know, the thing that we do. Um, but I guess the more I learn and mature as a, a, as a human, the more I recognise that that's not quite so easy to define and um, you can almost shoot yourself in the foot if you're doing that. And so I think 
the, that's sort of where we're going with the pantry party as well is that we're staying open to development and flexibility and allowing allowing it to grow more organically rather than feeling like we need to push it in a certain direction so um at this point we haven't planned much for season three we're gonna have a bit of a break and then come back and yeah from there go forward we're hoping to have a few more guests and like bits and pieces thrown in the mix and make it a little bit more um I guess structured in terms of the way that we're going to be presenting the content but I mean more than likely it's just going to be us chatting for the most part again but we'll see we'll see where we get to Um, but yeah so we've got some exciting things coming but for the time being we're kind of just winding down giving ourselves some time to have a bit of a break it's the summer here so I'm looking forward to just relaxing as much as I can um and then yeah Lots of exciting things on the horizon, but we're just happy sitting where we are at the moment. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think on that that little segue, um, I guess, did you want to talk a little bit about British summer and what your plans are for this next little little while? Because, I mean, it's probably not the summer that you kind of anticipated, to be honest. No. Honestly, like, I didn't really anticipate a summer at all. Like, I was kind of... When I moved over, I was like, oh, moving to the UK, it's going to be cold and miserable the whole time. And now, well, at the moment, at least, we've got some beautiful sunny weather and it's quite hot um, by British standards. Like, it's not actually that hot, but it's it feels warmer than it has been. Um, but I don't really have any plans. I'm kind of just, like, plodding away at work and my family was supposed to be coming over in August, but that's had to be cancelled because of COVID, so... Just chilling, just hanging out. Um, I've been skating a lot, which is probably what I'm going to be doing for most of the summer. And Amazing. I'm going to be working from home for the foreseeable future because we've got a few things, um, basically just client-wise, we figured it would be best to, to stay back for a while. So I've got my like little working from home set up in my room that's been... Um, well, I've been, I mean, I have been working from home for the last four months, so... It's not really much of a transition, but I think, you know, it's a good point at, at the moment to kind of take a, a bit of a f- refresher and, like, have a, a fresh start. It sort of feels like, like I've had this last week off work and so I've just been kind of taking a break and relaxing and now I feel like I'm a bit more prepared to go into the next couple of months of, like, who knows what it's going to be. Um, but, yeah. That's kind of my plan. Work, roller skating, cooking, meeting new people if I can within social distancing. Um, But yeah, so that's where I am at the moment. What are you... Yeah, what's on the horizon for you, Bran? Um, Look, we're in the depths of winter in Melbourne. Um, (laughs) And... For those who aren't aware, we have gone back into stage three restrictions, which is the worst of the restrictions we've gotten regarding the spread of COVID. Um, There is a stage four, but we haven't actually gone into that yet. Um, So basically just with the second second wave, we are back on us, like leaving the house for essentials for the next six weeks, pretty much, which is fine. I wasn't really flaunting at my stage, you know, like the, the, how do I put this? The ease of restrictions, I didn't really lean into it too much because I was still trying to be pretty cautious. I saw my family, um, and I went out like a couple, like a handful of times and had people over, but I mean, my life didn't really change that much. So I guess I'm just stuck at, stuck at work at home. Um, and in terms of the project that I'm doing, we don't quite know how that looks with the new restrictions again. So I'm just doing it day by day, no plans at the moment, and just trying to stay warm, <laughs> pretty much. Um, yeah, trying to like, I've gotten through like my first book of isolation. I'll talk a little bit more about that. Um, so I'm trying to like read a little bit more, just like enjoy the chill time. I'm really not sick of it. Like I know so many people are, and I think I went through a little phase of being a little bit annoyed about it, but now I'm like, nah, this is great. Like I've got so much time to do things and also time to like relax without feeling guilty about it in inverted commas. So yeah. 
I ain't mad. Yeah. No, I feel like I've definitely come over that, like, hump of being over lockdown because I guess um, where... The thing that's frustrated me is that the Australian... Like, everyone I know in Australia has had a lot more restrictions lifted than I have. And so it's been quite difficult seeing people, like, going back out into the world, particularly in Perth, where they had barely any restrictions the whole time. Yeah. Um, And so I've kind of... I was a bit frustrated at that, but I think I've... Now that they've started to lift things here and I've been able to go out a little bit more and, like, just do a bit more stuff, um, it's been much more tolerable... And I feel like I'm quite comfortable where I am at the moment in that, you know, I've had the the space and the time to do a lot of like self-reflection and do, you know, read and relax and do all of the stuff that I wanted to. And so now I'm kind of like in a bit of a better headspace to be working and being productive. Mm. Um, so, yeah. Agreed. Not mad about it at the moment. I mean, it's horrible, but like it could be much worse. And I think, um, yeah. In terms of, like, personally, I'm finding it relatively easy at the moment to just, like, sit in this lifestyle. Um, Yeah. Because I have been for, I think, I mean, it's probably this week I've been in, like, isolation lockdown for four months. So. Jeez. Yeah. Just hanging out. Yeah. When you post that Um, on Insta stories, I wanted to share it, but I I saw it too late, I think. Um, (laughs) But. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Like you were, li- you were literally alone for <laughs> for four months. Which, for me, when people complain about the fact that they can't stay, like they feel claustrophobic staying at home for two days with other people, mind you, I'm like, it's it's not that bad. And in terms of the, like, it, it can be. I understand that it can be hard, but in terms of the greater scale of things, if people had done this properly the first time around. Victoria might not be in the situation that it's in right yeah. now, if that makes sense. So, yeah, for me, it's just clear evidence that we just need to do what we've been told. Just chill out. It's not the worst thing in the world. If anything is worse, it's, you know, increasing cases and spreading it without realising. So, anyway, yeah. I'm just settling into that a little bit. And I think, again, like you said, it's given, you, given me some time to reflect and I think I've been able to I don't know I'm someone who likes things to be predictable and so for me to be able to like navigate this time and actually be okay for the most part about it um has taught me that I'm a lot more resilient than I give myself credit for so yeah it's um yeah that's all I'm going to be doing chilling at home though yeah I haven't mentioned this yet but my housemate got a foster greyhound which is so exciting her name She's is so Luna. beautiful. I love her so much. <laughs> She's gorgeous. She um She's so she was seized by the RSPCA because she was underweight. Um like so greyhounds typically are between the 25 and 30 kg mark. I think if you're like an average sized racing greyhound. Um and when they seized her, I think she was she was under 20. Not that, you know, obviously weight on mm-hmm. anyway <laughs> um but basically you can just like like she was mil- she was ma- mil mistreated it's the word i'm trying to think of um and she's still got this incredible gentle nature about her and is really playful and she's so cheeky so we've had her for a week and a bit now um we don't know when we'll give her back because of the restrictions and stuff i don't know how that's gonna work um but she's gorgeous, so I've got another another housemate for a little bit. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so exciting. And, I mean, for those who sort of have missed this, um, I'm not sure if we've really talked about it on the pod before, but Bran is obsessed with greyhounds and wants a greyhound. So <laughs> I've been I'm very wanting, glad yeah. that you get to have that, like, yeah. <laughs> um, it's nice. It's exciting. Yeah. Um, and I think yeah, it's I'm like, still fostering. I've still got a foster cat, but he's hopefully going to be adopted pretty soon. Yay, Ralph. He's very cute. He is. Oh, There's goodness. photos on our, on Audrey's Instagram page. Yes. There are lots of cute, cute pictures. He's so cute. But yeah, anyway, um, 
should we talk a bit about like what's in season, what's going on? I feel like we don't really have much structure for this conversation, but we've got a lot to talk about. Yeah. So should we just jump in? Let's do it. Um, do you want to tell us about your quarantine book? Yes, my <laughs> one quarantine book, because I that. am amazing. Um, I think, yeah, I'm quite the avid reader, and I know I've said this about 700 times in the last two months, but I usually read on my commute to work, so the fact that I don't have that has made me very lazy and sleep in and go to bed earlier, and so I haven't been reading that much, um, which isn't a bad thing. But I did read a book called Topics of Conversation by uh, Miranda Popke, and I've just got open the like little description a bit here. And it's, um, it's for readers of Sally Rooney, Rachel Cusk, Lydia Davis, and Jenny Offal, um, a compact tour de force about sex, violence, and self-loathing from a ferociously talented new voice in fiction. So this is her first novel, um, and it's kind of just a bunch of short stories kind of like or short excerpts of her life from various periods of time um and I think the reason I finished it was because I could kind of get through one story which would be like 15 to 20 pages and put it down and can pick it up and it'd be fine I didn't really need to remember anything um Mm -hmm. and she writes incredibly like her attention to to detail is amazing um just the way that she describes objects and I don't know like phases in her life and her emotions as well um she's had quite I guess an atypical kind of adulthood um and she talks a little bit about motherhood um desire loneliness um envy and a whole bunch of stuff that often I found is quite inflammatory to talk about like I don't know, there's just not a lot of space to talk about that stuff, so to be able to write it down and see that other someone else is actually, like, experiencing this that's a little bit older and the way they've processed it and the way it's impacted their lives was really interesting to read. Um, definitely has, like, adult themes in it, so um, <laughs> heed that warning as you will. But it was really, really enjoyable, big fan. Yeah. No, it sounds really interesting. Um, I think I'm going to have to give that one a read. It's really random. If I can, um, it's not like if my... I can get onto it, but yeah, yeah, definitely not my like. I think they're the thing. best though. Like the like when you kind of just like pick things up randomly and find, um, you know, you just don't have any sort of expectation of what you're getting out of this book. I think they actually end up being quite a pleasant surprise because if you go into it reading it like, you know, like you know the person or it's an author that you've read a lot of, you have certain expectations of their writing style and what their content's going to be like. But exactly, I think having a bit of a blank slate is really nice. Like I really like reading, you know, like debut authors, um, like new works and stuff, because I think it's, it just brings another voice to the conversation and like a new perspective rather than feeling like you're just listening to the same people over and over again. Exactly. Um, and I think it's really yeah. easy with books, especially to like get into a rut with that sort of thing. And I think in yeah. all honesty, I, so I reserved this book. It must've been ages ago, like pre COVID. Um, and when the library reopened, they sent me an email saying that this reservation was there and I totally forgotten about it. So when I got it, I was like, I don't remember reserving this book, but I'll, I'll go get it. Why the hell not? Um, so you're absolutely right. That's kind of like the ones that are out of the blue can sometimes take you by surprise in a good way. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's my one book that I've read, but I've also read a few interesting articles. Um, uh-huh. do you, should I, maybe I'll jump into that and then do you want to jump into your books and things that you've read? Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Um, so I follow a blog called The Frugality, um, who is a UK-based blogger. Her name is Alex Steedman. Um, and she wrote this really provoking piece. This is, sorry, just as a bit of a um, warning, I guess. It, it talks about pregnancy and termination and um, just a few sensitive topics about it. I'll, I'll link it down below because she writes really, really nicely and very just like, I don't want to say casually, but it's very relatable the way that she writes about things. 
Um, yeah. Basically, she wrote a post called "Why I Feel Preg." Sorry, why I feel weird announcing I'm pregnant, and in brackets in a post where I talk about being pregnant. Um, and I don't know why. I think it struck a chord because I'm working on a project that's maternity driven. Um, and so for me, this whole space is really new. Like I know a little bit about it. Like you know, spoken to friends and family and my mum and stuff about being pregnant, but. Um, she has a really interesting take on it. She, um, basically she talks about the, the pressure of being pregnant, um, people's commentary on her body. Cause she's, you know, got quite a large following on Instagram. Um, and the like slight comments that people kind of say, um, yeah, she talks about the pressure of being pregnant, uh, the slight comments on her Instagram posts and stuff that are kind of like people just say without thinking, um, and mm-hmm. how hard that kind of dug into us. It sort of talks a bit about, about that body image piece, I guess. Um, how she's navigated conversation around pregnancy after a termination. And I'll, I'm going to read a quote that kind of gives you a bit more context about it. Uh, her experience of childbirth and just in general being pregnant during lockdown. It's not the most ideal time. <laughs> um, and yeah, I think she just illustrates it really beautifully. So... I'm just going to read a little excerpt. I wanted my last two babies to survive. I wanted to hold them in the hospital. I wanted people to talk about those little girls. It's as if my last pregnancy was all in my head. If I ever mention my last pregnancy, people seem confused as if I'm talking about Peggy. Peggy is her um, two-year-old daughter. Or if I bring it up, the conversation goes quiet as if I've really ruined the mood. It was only 13 weeks. After all, not really even a fully grown fetus. I'm not trying to make people feel sorry for me, but they're a huge part of our life, a quarter of the last year, in fact, and I won't deny their existence and their impact on our lives. And I think it's really nice, like, just the way that she talks about it, and I know a lot of people talk about miscarriages and terminations if they've had it, you know, as it is a pregnancy, as it was a part of their lives, but I think there's a lot of societal pressure for it to not be as poignant as it is which I've never understood but I think she illustrates that really well and gives a little a lot more depth to the conversation um and she gives a reason for not that she needs to but she gives some justification as to why she terminated the pregnancy um there was a bunch of medical issues and things um but it was just it was something that really stuck with me and I thought I should 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 share it on the podcast yeah yeah Yeah, no, I think it's something that's not talked about enough in a kind of compassionate way that really centres the person going through it. Like, it's almost seen as, like, a political statement or as, like, a um, really moralised, like, you know, um, like a, a statement that someone's making. But in actual fact, like, when you strip away the layers of, like, societal and cultural pressure it is just about a family navigating what's best for them and I think that is quite often removed from that conversation so it's really nice Mm. to see people talking publicly about it and I guess sharing more of their experience because yeah like it's something that you know um particularly with Laura having her baby recently it's been something that I've been thinking about a lot recently and like sort of been surrounded by much more lately the idea around like pregnancy and family and children and it's something that I don't think we talk candidly enough about like it's it's all very there's a lot of assumptions made about what people should do and what's right for them yeah um but we're not really given the opportunity to speak for ourselves yeah exactly and I think Alex illustrates that really well and I think there's almost that double-edged sword of that people should be able to talk about it but when you do make a decision, when you do talk about it, sometimes it can feel like you're justifying your decision when really that, that decision yeah. is entirely up to you and your family unit if you have one. Um, again, your body, your rules, we've, you know, I, I feel like that goes without saying, but I think it just allows for that depth to understanding of reproductive rights and I guess how complex it really is when it shouldn't be 
Yeah. It shouldn't, as in a, it, it can be a complex situation in a family unit or where the partner is or whatever, but in terms of the wider societal implications, it's really none of your damn business, you know? Yeah, exactly. It's been, like, over-publicised. Yeah. Um, and I think that just speaks to how much autonomy is taken away from the person who's going through it and from their body. Exactly. Um, it's like you're no longer given a say in something that is literally only concerning you um but anyway yeah that sounds like a really good read Um, yeah and it's not too long and it's great that she's been able to yeah it's great that she's been able to share that and actually you know continue that conversation and say her piece which is really nice yeah and it kind of came as a bit of a shock to me because I think and she mentions it in the article is that she called it a miscarriage the first time it happened and she was like it's because I was really uncomfortable saying it was a a termination that it was a willful termination of the pregnancy um yeah which explains the title of the piece. Um, I just, yeah, if you just want a, a little bit of perspective from from a blogger's point of view, not reducing it to that in any way, but it just helps take away the medical side of it for me, um, which is always a good thing. Yeah, nice. And I have one last thing um, that I've read that popped up in my inbox in the last week. Um, we all know that I am a large Dolly Alderton advocate, um, <laughs> and with her new book that's coming out, I think it's called Ghost from Memory. Um, her publishing company I has, think so, yeah, yeah, her publishing company has started a like email subscription with her, and she writes in it, obviously, um, and it's called The Meander, and it's basically just like a little paragraph of what's kind of gone on in the last month or whatever, how long it's been. Things she's read, listened to, seen, and eaten. Um, and it's just very Dolly-esque. So this is a lot more lighthearted, sort of. Um, and in her paragraph, I just... I'm going to read this out and hopefully people will know why I love Dolly Alderton so much. And why so many people do love Dolly Alderton. Because she's just so, like, poetic, but also real vulgar at the same time. And I love it. <laughs> um... So this is kind of her reflecting on, I guess, the little lockdown period and life afterwards. She says, I spent three months of lockdown in the countryside. I saw out the end of winter, all of the spring and the first signs of summer there. As a week stacked up into months and the seasons passed, the ever-changing colour of hedgerows were like like the moving hands of a clock. In March, the lanes were framed with yellow primroses. In April, they were indigo with bluebells. In May, they were purple with foxgloves. Ferns unfurled like alien fingers. The evening-scented cow parsley became intensely honeyed. I wish you could smell this, I slurred in a drunk WhatsApp voice note to a friend during a long midnight walk. There's so much nature, it smells bodily. I think this particular seven-minute monologue was the first sign that I was perhaps missing humans. It won't be like the summers we have known, not the ones spent passing a bottle of a of Carver along a line of supine friends on a beach. There may not be long days at a swarming Lido. There may not be chaotic sex in half-collapsed tents. But I am hopeful that somewhere within us, under our weary spirits, lonely loins, longing hearts, and defeated optimism, we may be able to find our own invincible summers. And I just think that excerpt basically sums up Dolly Alderton, like, so well, that she's, like, really poetic and observant and then just, like, real horny and talks about sex half the time. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I just think it was really... I know I'm not going into summer, but it was something that I think low-key made me very grateful that I wasn't in summer having to experience lockdown. Because like she said, it's like, this has taken away so much culture, especially in the UK, with like Glastonbury and... What else do you have? Wimbledon. <laughs> like all of the yeah. you know typical Brit summer things. That's all kind of been slashed, I guess. Yeah. No, it is really weird being here. Um, And I think something that, like, I guess speaks to that is remembering that this is a collective experience. It's something that everyone's experiencing. And I think that's, like, one of the most powerful things that's come out of this is that feeling of being able to connect with other people even though you're not actually with them or connect, like, physically there next to them or communicating with them. There's just this sense of community. Um... And I think that's something that I've really felt being here throughout this is that 
Like, I remember when I first moved over and I work Tuesdays to Saturdays. And so I have a different work week from what most people do. But, like, I'd leave work on a Friday and it would feel like a Friday night. And I can't describe what that actually, like, why it did. But it's just the, like, the vibe in the air and the kind of, like, sense of collective experience that I think has been really carried over into this in that like you know there's this sense of community and this sense of understanding between everyone even though you're not actually like you don't know these people mm. it's just like it's it's a shift in the in the like in the air it's weird is that um, something that you but I think it's like have really only noticed in London like in your time in London is it unique to to London yeah yeah definitely um, I think, like, you you see it to a certain extent when you're, like, out in Melbourne, like, you know, if, the, if you're out, out on the weekends and stuff, but, like, I can't really describe it other than that I really noticed it when it was, like, this feels like a Friday night. Yeah. That's so interesting, and I think I would love to hear about your experience, like, and I know you're probably going to stay there for the, like, foreseeable future, but this being your first British summer and, like, I just know in, like, so many books and so many films I've watched and so many bits of culture, British summer is just, like, a real thing. I don't know how to describe it. There's a real, like, atmosphere about summer in the UK and everything that comes along with that. And I'm not saying that it's not the same in Australia. I think I've just grown up with... Australian summer and I do long for it but I think there's just something really iconic about a British summer um yeah so I'd be really interested to hear I guess your comparison of like hopefully next year when it's all back to normal having that summer and comparing it to this kind of lockdown summer I guess yeah it'll be really interesting to see how it shifts because obviously like I haven't experienced the UK summer before but I think it's just a real kind of, yeah, it's just like a, it's a different feeling. Like it it just feels different. It's it's a different thing to experience. And it'll be fascinating to see how that changes from the Australian setting and like how, how that goes going forward. Mm. Um, Because I'm definitely getting like a taste of it with this. Like, you know, we've been like out you know, I've been out on the streets and, like, drinking in the park and, like, you know, doing British summer things, but there's not the full experience of being able to, like, really just, like, relax into it and, like, go with it because yeah. there's this sort of, like, overbearing COVID lockdown sort of situation. So, yeah, yeah, it is really interesting, but I guess we'll see. It's very exciting. Yeah, I'm excited. Um, yeah, and I hope that Dolly's Dolly's words help. Um, I think she ended that, Pete, that bit really nicely so I'll um leave the details to sign up to her email address for more more amazingly written pieces like that so people can sign up <laughs> yeah um what have you been reading Lies? um quite a lot actually um I signed up to my local library online and they have like um, they use this app called BorrowBox, which is like a ebook leasing service. And so it basically operates in the same way that a library does, and that you can reserve books and then you have them for a certain period of time. Yeah. Um, and so I've been reading quite a bit on that, just to like. I think because like I buy quite a lot of books, but I'll buy things that are relevant to like my work or things that I know I'm going to want to keep as reference or whatever. So lots of like stuff around body image and eating and you know yeah. feminism and all of that and but those kinds of books when you're being bombarded with it from all sides in terms of like social media and everything get a bit tedious quite quickly yeah. um well not tedious like it's obviously stuff that I want to be reading and learning about but it's things that like I'm learning about passively anyway through social media um and so it's been nice to have a bit of a break and read like more like novels and stuff that doesn't feel as like educational. Yeah. Um, so I've read a couple of books in the last couple of weeks. Um, 
one that I really enjoyed it was called The Grace Year. Um, and I cannot for the life of me remember the author's name, but I'll put it in the show notes. Um, but it's basically about a group. Well, it's like, it's kind of if you crossed like The Handmaid's Tale with The Hunger Games. Like, that's sort of the vibe that I get from it. Yeah. Um, so all of the girls in this community, when they turn 16, they get sent away for a year and they have to live, like, in this, it's basically like a camp. Like, they go, they get sent to a, like, an island sort of thing that's got a big fence around it and there's, like, people, um, who, basically, they believe that the girls have magic and then they get sent away to get rid of their magic, um, which is, as you sort of find out throughout the course of the book, it's a little bit of a, like, old wives' tale slash political, like, conspiracy <laughs> um, against the women in the community. And so the, these girls get sent away um, and basically they end up in this place where they all, they have to survive for a year and they all go crazy and end up, like, killing each other and dying and all of these, like, horrible Intense. things happen to them. Yeah. Um, but no one who comes back from it talks about it. Like, it's just kind of one of those things that, like, they all have to go and do it, but then it's, it's not discussed. Um, and so it's told from the perspective of a girl who's going on that grace year and her experience with it. And she kind of, like, learns more about it as she's going through it and more about the, like, systems that are in place to keep them oppressed. And it was just a really well-written, like, I guess, like, coming-of-age sort of story... But I think it's really relevant in the way that, like, it really translates really well to, like, feminism and our climate and everything that goes on here. Yeah. Um, And so, yeah, just really enjoyed it. It was really gripping, engaging. Um, And it had quite a few different, like, themes running through it in, like, friendship and romance and, like, it it was just a nice book. Um, Good. and then I read, um, <laughs> and then I read, um, In at the Deep End, and again, I cannot remember the author's name, um, but also really enjoyed that. It's about a woman living in London who, she's like in her mid-twenties and she realises that she's gay, um, and it's kind of about her navigating her sexuality and meeting people and her relationships. Um, and she ends up in a relationship with a woman who's quite like abusive in terms of, well, not necessarily abusive, but she's like quite emotionally controlling. Um, and so it's about her sort of navigating that relationship and her work and just like, it's kind of written in a sort of, like it reminded me of like a TV sort of setting. Like it has, has something like 50 chapters like it's it's a long like short chapters lots of different um stuff that happens and it's kind of it kind of just follows her through it like there's not much storytelling it's more just like this is happening to me and this is what I'm thinking and this is what's what I'm doing um and so there is a narrative throughout it but it's written in the sense of like it's more kind of reminds me of like a flea bag or like yeah you know that kind of comedic like navigating being an adult and growing up and that kind of thing. So that was quite enjoyable as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's sort of what I've been reading lately. Um, I'm not as good as saving articles as you are. Like, I feel like I always, like, read things and I'm like, oh, yeah, that was good, and then I forget about it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, haven't really been reading much else lately. I've just kind of been, yeah, trying to plot away through some of the other stuff that I'm reading as well, but... Yeah, it's been nice to have a bit of a break and just, like, read for leisure rather than for work and education. So, yeah, it's been good. For sure. And I think having the balance of the two is always really nice. Like, helps put things in perspective a little bit. Yeah, definitely. Um, should we talk about what we've been listening to? Yeah, let's do it. Would you like to start? Sure. Um... I haven't really been listening to much, to be honest. Um, <laughs> I haven't, like, I I mean, like I've said the last few weeks, like, podcast-wise, I've not really been engaging much because that's usually my, like, work walking to work 
activity and I haven't yeah. been going into work. So, yeah, not really been listening to much lately. Um, apart from that Call Your Girlfriend episode that I sent you, which I can link in the show notes as well, which is um, talking about their friendship and their book that they're launching. Um, and I've pre-ordered their book, which is another, another thing that I'll be reading soon. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I guess, like, I haven't really been listening to much. Music-wise, nothing new, I don't think. I've sort of just been, like, yeah, listening to the same old playlists over and over again. Yeah. I think I, like, throughout lockdown, I, like, forgot that I could put music on or that I could listen to podcasts while I'm doing things. Like, I've kind of just been sitting in silence, which has actually been quite nice. Yeah, um, you don't do that often. But I'm definitely, yeah, I'm definitely, like, getting back into listening to stuff lately, so... Nice. Yes. I'm sure I'll have a lot to report when we eventually catch up for season three. <laughs> I have... What have you been listening to? Yeah, I've been listening to a few bits. Um, in terms of music, uh, Haim released their album Women in Music Part 3. Um, and I've basically just had that on repeat, to be honest. It's so good. And, like, I think Triple J... Um, called it like their most experimental record like there's so many songs from so many different genres um, and my two favourites are 3AM and Don't Wanna I think they're, pretty, they're next to each other on the record um, just really nice like variety which is why I think you can I can like happy listening to it all the time um, and what else have I been listening to music wise I've been listening to um a playlist on Spotify called Kitchen Swagger. Don't judge <laughs> it by the title. The like mix of music on there is so, so good. Um, so I'll link that in the show notes as well. Um, and aside from that, I've been sort of like doing my monthly playlists, which is still going. So again, I'll put my Spotify um, handle below. In terms of podcasts, nothing new. I'm still kind of listening to Do Go On. Um, the High Low with Dolly and Pandora. Um, but the new one that I've been listening to, actually, there's one, is called uh, <laughs> At Home with Lily and Anna, which is not new, <laughs> sort of. Um, they're Lily Pebbles and the Anna Edit um, used to do a podcast that we kind of wanted to emulate a little bit by going to people's houses. Um, where they went to people's houses and interviewed them, but now they kind of do just, like, a weekly catch-up with both of them, and then they do a, like, first half's weekly catch-up, and then the second half is, like, deep delve into a topic. Um, so last week's, for example, was motherhood, and it was just a really raw insight into it, and, like, I feel like they don't ask really intense questions, but they're very vulnerable with their answers, which I really like. Um, the motherhood episode was particularly great would recommend it's about Lily pretty much sharing all of her experience and um yeah just yeah really interesting so I'll link that down below as well and they're just like good light-hearted people like I look forward to the episode coming out every Thursday because I can just put it on a Friday and start my day off really nicely um yeah that's what I've been listening to a little bit nice I haven't listened to it yet it's been sitting in my like subscriptions box for a while it's really um, good. I think, I mean, Anna's content, and we've talked about this a little bit, but Anna's content is quite transparent. It's very much about her. And Lily talks about this on the podcast. I think she's struggled to navigate content creating after having a baby. And she's quite honest about that, um, which helped me, I guess, put some pieces together about, I guess, what she was posting on Instagram and like sort of give a bit more context about some things. Um, yeah. And, yeah, I mean, they're really good friends. So it's just, like, two friends having a chat that you can listen to, which is nice. Yeah, no, that's good. I, I do need to get onto it. I, I, like, I want to listen to podcasts more, but I just haven't really been in the right, like, headspace for it lately. Yeah. I mean, I'm just listening to my old yeah, we'll favourites and then and then this one, so, which is an old favourite, technically. Yeah. Um, yeah. shall we move into what you've been watching, wise? Sure. Um, watching. 
I haven't actually been watching much lately. The one thing that I have watched since, like, in the last couple of weeks is The Politician. Ha, um, so good. Yeah, yeah, I was on my list. Which, yeah, I'm, like, pleasantly surprised by... um, I think they just, like, cover a bunch of, like, interesting issues and I like the way that they portray, like, relationships and the dynamics that they create within that. Like, I think it's quite... It's very, like, fantasised, but also relatable, which I like. Um, Did you watch season one when it came out? Nothing. Sorry? Did you watch season one when it came out? No, I've watched all of it, like, in the last couple of weeks. So I, yeah, I didn't, didn't, like, get onto it early. Um, But yeah, no, I enjoyed that. Um, Nice. I think it's quite, like, timely. Um... With the US election going on, but yeah, haven't really been doing much else. Honestly, I've just been like, yeah, reading, just chilling. Nice. Not really been doing very much the last couple of weeks, just been trying to relax a bit more. That's always good. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. <laughs> what have you been watching? Um, Politician was on my list as well, so I watched season two. Um, always good. Um, and so that's on Netflix, by the way, for those who aren't aware. Um, my housemates and I finished Killing Eve, um, which I think I mentioned it in our last pod, or like, it would have been a little while ago now, because we need all Watson season in the last episode, so a month ago, um, which kind of did a bit of a nosedive towards the end of season two, and then it picked back up in season three, was really good. Um, the character development was awesome. Also, I think I'm low-key in love with Jodie Comer. She was just... Mwah. Chef's kiss. <laughs> um, Chef's kiss. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and in Australia, that is on... Uh, I think the first two seasons are on Stan, and then the third season is on ABC iView. Um, I'm not sure what it is on the UK. Maybe BBC. Who knows? Yeah, I'm not sure. I haven't watched it. Um, I haven't really been inclined to. Yeah, fair enough. It's like, I don't know why we watched it, to be honest. I think somebody suggested it, and I love it. Like, the soundtrack is also really, really awesome. Um, So I've really enjoyed that. Um, What else? Oh, we watched Hamilton yesterday, the musical on Disney+. Plus. Oh, yeah. Amazing. So, so good. It goes for almost three hours, so, like, prepare yourselves. But it's so good. It's amazingly done and like there's a reason that there's so much hype would recommend yeah i think i'm gonna watch that's on my list to watch um has been for a while but i just haven't gotten around to it i'm feeling really overwhelmed by longer stuff at the moment like i'm happy to sit down and watch like four episodes of a t actually even that i haven't really been doing recently um <laughs> usually i'm happy to sit down and like binge watch a tv show but i, ha- I just haven't been like feeling I feel like I've my attention span has been shorter and more focused recently, which is a good thing. Yeah. Um, but those and so I've, like, I've not really been. Yeah. Yeah, I just haven't really been inclined to watch like longer things and movies. And um, Ralph's coming to say hello. Oh hello. <laughs> hello. Saw <laughs> his face in the camera. Um, what a doll. Yeah. I wish you could see like in the podcast see him, but. Brand's got all of that for the time being. You've got his little <laughs> chest sitting here. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I just haven't really been, like, you know, even movies and stuff I haven't really been watching lately. And I think when Elle comes back, we'll probably start watching stuff together again, which I think will be good. Um, I think that's the problem is that I've got no one to, like, discuss these things with immediately or, like, while we're watching them and experiencing them together. Yeah. And so it's just a bit, like... No, there's 100% yeah, it's a 100% a social aspect to it. Like... I want to watch some of these things if it wasn't for my housemates. Yeah, I do want to watch Hamilton. And the only other thing I've been watching is Drag Race, like always. Oh, classic. Um, but I'm getting a bit over it. It's just <laughs> getting a bit tedious. But, you know, still enjoy it for the most part. I'm watching All Stars at the moment, so that's been good. Amazing. There was one more thing that I was watching. I'm kind of like halfway through it. Um totally left field but do you know the comedian james acaster he's oh yeah his netflix special yeah repertoire it's um, so good yeah oh, it's so funny like i think it's been out for a while but he's so clever yeah. 
like just such good comedy. Um, yeah. So I've been watching, like, getting my way through that. I think I'm up to the third episode. The only thing that I find yeah. is, like, it's not, like... I think I've watched that, like, just... two or three times. Yeah. Like, I feel like it's the only type of comedy that I really have to sit and watch, though. Like, a lot of comedy I can just kind of have on in the background yeah. and, like, not really pay attention. But his attention to detail is just something else, and I love it. Yeah. That's what I like about him is that he kind of, like, weaves... Like, there's a bigger joke throughout the whole thing. Yeah. And it's all, like, self-deprecation and he's not really making any statements about, like... Like, I I like it because he's not playing into stereotypes and he's not, like, shaming people. Yeah. It's not inflammatory, but it's kind of, like... It's just so ridiculous. Yeah. But... So funny. Yeah. No, I I really like it. I would recommend... And it's a good, like, light-hearted, but still, like you said, you have to be kind of engaged in what he's saying and what's going on. Yeah. Um, like, so it's, like, a nice, yeah, nice, nice thing to do. For sure. Cool. And then next, I think, in the last category, probably, is food. Which we haven't done in a while, actually. Food. Talked about Yeah, no, we haven't really been talking much about it. And I <laughs> guess, like, maybe part of it is because, like, we have been at home Yeah, true. Like, you know. Out and about. Exploring food. Yeah, exactly. Sat back and reflected on what my, like, my go-to food was this lockdown. The last, like, two months, three months. And I have to say Kit Kats. I have been going through Kit Kat blocks like there is... Not like there's no tomorrow, but I've been going through them a lot. Um, and I don't know what it is, but I love them. And I'm still they're not just so them, good. So they're the best. So, so yeah, good. Yeah, I love a Kit Kat. Yeah. And I also made um, for like our housemates dinner. For those who don't know, once a week, one of. I live with like two of my friends, and one of us will cook for everyone once a week. So we do like a little family dinner night. Um, and I made a. Butternut pumpkin and sage mac and cheese from BBC Good Food, which I'll link below. And it was glorious. Would recommend adding breadcrumbs to the top of it before you put it in the oven, though. Just add a little bit of extra crunch. So good. Ralph's just (laughs) realised that you're on the screen. He's, like, coming to say hello. Trying to give me a hug. Hey! Oh, my gosh. (laughs) He's, like, actually, like, pouring at your face. Hey, Ralph. (laughs) Um... He's like, mac and cheese? I love mac and cheese. (laughs) Cutie. What are you doing, bud? Is that your tail? He's trying to give you a pat. Hi. No, that's his paw. Oh, back. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, This is going to be, like, horrible to listen to. All I can see is his eyeball. He's got his paw on your face. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Hi. 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 Right, mate. Anyway, um, <laughs> food. Yeah. Um, something that I've really been into. I'm not. I can't remember if I mentioned it on the last episode or the one before, but um, I've been getting an odd box for the last couple oh, of fortnights. Yeah. So it's basically like all of the surplus food stuff that hasn't met supermarket grade. Like, fruit and veg, fresh produce, um, gets collected and then redistributed by this company. And it's just been so nice to have, like, kind of, like... Because you don't get to choose what's in it. It's just, like, a random selection. Yeah. Um, It's, like, challenging because you get, like, stuff that you wouldn't usually pick up. But then, at the same time, it's all really good quality. Like, I've been really surprised by how nice everything is with it. Yeah. So that's been really good. Um, got some, like, pineapple and mango in the last one, which has been very good. Um, what are you doing, mate? You are right. Um, but yeah, so that's been really nice, just having, like, you know, good quality fruit and veg that I don't have to, like, go out and buy. Um, yeah. Because the quality of stuff in supermarkets here isn't super great. Um, and yeah. then, like usual, just been baking bread. 
I made bagels a few weeks ago, which I, again, I can't remember if I mentioned on the pod, but that was really fun. Yeah. Um, there's a photo on my Instagram of a bagel that I had. Um, so yeah, I guess it's nice to have like things like that to sort of give my week a bit of routine and get me cooking creatively and actually engaged in my food rather than just like letting whatever happen. Yeah. Um, so yeah, been cooking a lot. I'm stalking the bagels now, in case you were wondering. No, this, it was so good. And I made like fruit, like um, fruit toast bagels as well, like cinnamon and raisin. And it was just like, it's the little things, you know, just simple pleasures. It's the little things. Um, I think that's all our like, what's in season topics. Um, this is like, I was just thinking back to when we did our final episode of season one and we were at my house and we had a cheese board and we had like it was just like a real celebration I feel like this one's just so different I know uh, I'm not feeling very celebratory (laughs) it is something to be celebrated and I guess um before we sign off or launch to the next whatever we're going to talk about next um we do want to say thank you to everyone who's been listening um we I've been keeping an eye on our listener counts. They've been pretty consistent this season, which, um, to be honest, didn't really expect. <laughs> um, yeah, pleasantly so, surprised. Yeah, like, really grateful for everyone hearing us ramble about things that you may or may not have signed up to. Um, <laughs> we are very grateful for any support that we that we do get for this, and we are trying our best to try and be a little bit more engaged with you guys. I think we kind of needed some space to figure out sort of what this season was going to look like and how to do it without um, putting the extra layer of fully involving ourselves with our audience, I guess, in the best possible way. Um, So next season will hopefully be a lot more directed by you guys, I guess, and a bit more um, have a bit more engagement with us. You know, we did the Instagram live this year. Um, which was heaps of fun and heaps of people got involved. So yeah, hopefully we'll be able to do more stuff like that. Yeah. I think we, we've got a little bit of catching up to do in terms of like just getting our Instagram back on track and updating our website. And so once we've done that, we'll definitely be a lot more like present and reflexive with like what we're actually putting up and doing. Um, yes. But yeah, I think going forward we'd definitely be up to hearing people's suggestions having questions and comments that we can respond to um in the pod because i think like we want to we want this to be a useful resource to people who are listening and we want you to get as much out of it as you can and so um yeah i think if anyone has any suggestions or questions where we'd be happy to address them and to just like continue this conversation and chat more about this stuff because that's what we're here to do yeah, and I think that's kind of something that we intentionally left out of this season, like I was saying before, in that we kind of wanted to get across some of those, um, I guess, more bare bones of developing your career a little bit, um, whilst adding a little bit of personality. Yeah, like the foundational I, stuff. Yeah, exactly. So I think if ne- next season we would love to have a bit more input from you guys, hear what you guys want to hear and how we can make that happen, um, and also what what we could do better, what you hated, what you liked, all of those sorts of things. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah. But we're definitely hoping to our... have... Sorry, you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, we're definitely hoping to have a bit more interaction, more, like, you know, online events, and um, I guess just be a little bit more involved so that we can really help people in the way that we want to be. Like, we want to be effective in supporting our communities. So... Exactly. Yeah, if there's anything that you'd like to see, please shoot us an email or a message on Instagram. Um, we're open to suggestions from anyone, anywhere. Um, and we'd love to help people get their careers kicked off and, like, I guess just sink into this space that we're currently taking up. So, um, yeah, reach out. Please do. We're here to help. Yeah, exactly right. Hopefully we'll be less self-indulgent next season. Who knows? Never know. <laughs> <laughs> um, on that note, I think it might be time to wrap up this 
episode slash season. Yeah. Thanks again, everyone. And we will see you with um, some exciting new visuals for season three. Yeah, hit us up on Instagram because we're going to be um, catching up a little bit on there and being a bit more active over there. So before we're not sure when season three is going to launch, but head over to Instagram to stay updated and to like continue this conversation with us because we'll be, you know, we are taking a break from the pod before we come back, but we won't be going anywhere. So um, yeah, we're always up to have a chat and to share everything over on the gram. Yes! We'll, we'll see you soon. Bye! Yes! Bye!